on the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute that millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Bogeyman Golf Podcast. The first episode of 2024, hosted by Michael and Johnny. Uh, the Century Tournament of Champions has just completed... This week upcoming on the DP World Tour is the inaugural Dubai Invitational. It's been Christmas. I've been away for a while. Michael, how have you been? How's how's your Christmas break? Great. I haven't picked up a golf club. The weather, I was so jealous. You were away sending me back pictures and videos of you being away. And we've had storms and lashing rain. And I think anyone who's gone out of kind of the Christmas break, maybe got out once or twice, but they were wrapped up. I think it was snoods, hats, mittens, everything was out. Ugh. But, uh, I, I, I hate winter golf and that stuff. Like, I can't handle it. I'm I'm a warm weather creature. I can't handle this cold at all. Not yeah, enjoying this. The pictures and videos you're sending back are making me very jealous. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was, I was obviously over in Abu Dhabi. I'm talking a little bit about the golf there. Um, but I guess we have a couple of traditions that we that we do in the podcast every year at the start of the season or the start of the year, it's the calendar year, and that is the Kapalua Challenge. So the Century Tournament Champions, or actually just the Century century uh tournaments now it's not no longer the tournament of champions because of the way the pga tour have changed it so it's just it's a weird one now i don't like it 59 people in the field it used to be 40 it used to be the people who won the uh, pga tour event in the calendar year previously but now it's just the century tournament or whatever it is um and each year i set myself a target of trying to shoot the score that the winner shot over the four rounds. So Chris Kirk, he won the event. He shot 30 birdies and one bogey for a final score of 29 under par. Uh, he won it by one shot. To be fair to him, his final round was, was seriously, seriously impressive. Um, he was super consistent all week and it was good to watch. So the target for me this year and for you now, Michael, as well, you've, you've agreed to take part in this, is 30 birdies. We have to make 30 birdies um, by, and we set, we set ourselves a deadline of the Thursday, round one of the PGA Championship, so May 16th. 30 birdies by May 16th. Do you think you can do that? I don't think I've made 30 birdies in my life. But you I'd definitely have. <laughs> no, I don't I'd say, no, I'd, I'd say I think it's, I think for you, for you, I think it, it'll probably keep you ticking along and give you something else. I think it's a pretty big challenge, challenge for me, especially when I buckle under two foot putts for birdies. Um, <laughs> so I think I've kicked it on as for them. I, I can see myself ringing around any golf course on the 15th of May to get back to back rounds. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> but uh, Alison, it'd be, it'd be good fun. And uh, I think it'll show that I actually am that high handicap player when you shoot off into the on the scores and I'm way behind you. I don't know. This is a fun challenge. I always enjoy doing it because I guess for a couple of reasons. Firstly, it shows how good PGA Tour players are. It's like people always see these scores and like people talk about how easy setups on, on PGA Tour golf courses is. But then like at the end of the day, 30 birdies is 30 birdies. And you made that over four days. That's like ridiculous. There's a crazy number of birdies. Um, and then also just this is the very first season. In the, this is the third year that I've been doing this. And this is the first time in the three years that the winner hasn't made an eagle, which that's 
that's always good for us. That's the one thing that I struggled with in the last two years was trying to make the certain number of eagles. I think John Ram last year had three eagles. Um, and then the year before that, the, the winner had like five eagles or something. I'm like, that's just, that's so hard to make an eagle. That's nuts. Like I, we, were, we were saying before, it's like when you actually, like it's obviously a three and a par five. Mm. Either you drive the green on a par four, or you have a hole in one on a par three. Like that's that's how good these guys are. Like it's it's yeah. Thank God there's no eagles because I, I would definitely fail. Um. So, what's your like? Have you thought of what your kind of strategy for is, for this is going to be? You're going to try and play. You can't play like par three courses or like stuff like that. You can't just go off to James like Jamestown pitch and put and <laughs> just try and make a bunch of birdies. Step aside and play the par three three times in a row. Yeah. No, you can't can't be doing that. I listen. I I think I think my game's got better over the last little while, and I think I just need. I think my putting is definitely a big thing. I think I give myself a lot of birdie chances, um, yeah. and I think with this new putter I have, from anyone who hasn't seen the YouTube video, I I think it's improved a lot just with this putter alone. So I think if I really kind of concentrate on on that, and uh, you know, even I was even watching the darts there. Darts there recent, watching the darts recently, and you've been just, getting into the darts now. You Luke, Luke Litter fan or whatever his name is. I was devastated when he missed. Was it the double, the double two he missed, or the double three he missed? When he it would have put him well high in the sets. But I, I was just seeing like it shows you because my brother and I were saying, "Oh, it's so easy, triple twenty, triple twenty. And then when you go to try to do it, like it's like, what did you get? I had a triple three and a one, and then like it's, <laughs> it's so much more difficult than than you think. Um, but yeah, I think definitely my putting, and if uh, I can kind of my driving is kind of sorting it a little bit with that new Your driving driver. improves a lot, a lot. Yeah. So if I, can, if I can keep that, you know, give myself chances, and then putting, and then but as I was meant to say was like I get very nervous over short puts. And it's nearly to the point where you've even said to me, you'd rather give me a seven-footer in a gimme than a two-footer because the minute it's a two-footer, I'm all over the shop. And I, so I think there's definitely a little mental block I need to get over. But I think that would be a, a big one for me. See, the thing with the 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 like the capital challenge, like as I call it, is it's you have to play aggressive. That's the whole point of it. You can't be leaving a, a, a put short. Um, because if you, if you, if you blow it past, what does it matter? Power doesn't matter. Bogey doesn't matter at that point because all you're shooting for is, is birdies. So yeah, you got to be a bit more aggressive. So I think it'd actually be good for you just even psychologically for that. I don't think you'd be leaving as many puts short because you'd be like, well, what does it matter? Bogey doesn't matter because I haven't got the birdie anyway. So even if I missed the par put coming back, it's, it's irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah. And listen, I think it'd be good next time we go around for a round of golf. Any, when the two of us are chasing birdies, which I think be sure, listen, it'd be, it'd be going for things a bit more. Yeah. So, uh, as always, I will put up this the graphic for the Capitalua Challenge. And if you, any of you guys want to do it as well, I'll put it up on your socials. Um, I know that during the Women's Irish Open last year, a few guys came up to me and they were doing it like as a group. And I was like, you can't, lads, you can't be doing it as a collective. Like, it's an individual challenge. And they're like, no, no, we like, we're we're gonna get it done. They didn't get it done, but like, you can't be doing it as a group. I mean, you can if you want, but it's not, it's not it's the like, same. It's like the PowerPoints we had as uh, we are at tea times. Like, there was, it was just something that's different. You know what I mean? Mm. So, if you wanted to do it between maybe a group of you on a, on a two day golf trip or something like, you know, that might, you know, that would be kind of cool or whatever. So, I think there's, it's to, to get add, add a little something different. Um, but just don't do it where you give up points. 
that was uh that was tough oh my god okay like i was actually even thinking about that when i was over in abu dhabi that was a really hard game power points but it was so much fun you started so well and i got so like arrogant i was like we're going to be smashed tonight we're going to have so many points (laughs) just just collapsed and i was like oh my god we just tripped over ourselves in the last six holes at at trump doombag and just gave away all of the points but sure, look. Yeah, so um, yeah, if you guys are looking to get at uh, playing that as like a season-long game or doing it by the PGA Championship Thursday as well, um, the, that graphic will be up on our Twitter and our Instagram and the likes there. So if you want to play that, um, get involved as well. Did you watch much of the Century Tournament then? So Jason Day, like, actually, you know, this, came, this, this one came in under the radar because everyone has been talking about how Tiger's looking to leave Nike and it's going to be this massive thing. It's going to be huge. And then all of a sudden, Jason Day launched the video there with Melbourne clothing and plays the first tournament of the year at Century in Hawaii and got a lot of airtime. Like yeah, some, it, some of his it, efforts were pretty out there, but they're pretty out there. I, I think the biggest thing with the, the Nike thing is I felt Nike have been, it's like they haven't really cared about their golf clothes recently. It's either been very, very plain and been a white polo or just that and normal trousers or it has been madness that looks more like a bowling shirt but not no proper design just lines on it i think yeah. so i think I, I think you know it's just very standard there's a night polo grand you wouldn't even walk past some if we were playing someone's in a night polo you wouldn't go geez that's, that's really nice like that's a really nice polo you just go that's just some bland bland night polo where you see someone who's wearing a nice even a foot joy one or a callaway one or whatever you kind of go oh that's that's cool that's is that new or whatever so it doesn't surprise me that uh, there's been a change, but I also think we need to see that. I think we need to see a little bit more. I think everyone's gone a bit safe now. Whether that is, I don't know, I'm, not, I'm not a clothing company, so I don't know what deals are with sponsored players or whatever. But like, it's like there's four there's four outfits go wear them, and there's no discussion about it, and it just became a bit just kind of a bit bland so i think when anyone comes out with something a bit different and that does I mean that's why i like polter when he used to wear random stuff and yeah so, that was great though. those days were brilliant you know like yeah like you know there's obviously the tiger red and that's that's tiger but i think with jason day this could i think this is a good thing i think more differences on a course different types of clothes the hoodie fiasco we had a while ago you know brought a big another big discussion towards it but i think we just need i think him leaving nike i think is actually a good thing or nike whatever the the, the issue is going to be but i think i think new different gear i love a little drip watch i love i love like when just thomas wore the tie and the cardigan i was all over it i loved that so you are yeah. the you are the more fashionable of the two of us that has to be said <laughs> i wouldn't i don't know i don't know about that i just i just, I, I, I take stupid risks and look like an idiot sometimes but sure <laughs> like I, I, wore, I wore a denim jacket a while ago and i'm never wearing it again with the amount of abuse i got from people, so <laughs> I don't think <laughs> what abuse are you getting? Oh, because it has a denim jacket with an attached hood, uh, like a, a, a grey hoodie hood on it. And like I was being out there like, walking past some fellas, like, Yeah, I missed out the 80s once his jacket back. Our lads are looking like, You know, lads are, where do you, who do you think you are? You think you're in Saved by the Bell or something? So I uh, <laughs> firmly in the back of the wardrobe and I'm not wearing it. I'm not wearing Never going to see the light of day ever again. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh my I'm in a shirt and tie every day, all day. So sometimes you just gotta wear something a bit stupid. Otherwise, I'm just wearing black jeans. So I have to try something. 
What was um, your man Zach's name in Save the Bell? Zach Morris. Yeah. Zach Morris. So that's you now, is it? You're a little bit of Zach Morris. Or would you fancy yourself as an AC Slater? You're definitely Zach Morris. I'm two beautiful men. I'm very happy with either of them. I'm just nowhere, <laughs> yeah, nowhere near a Slater. If I ever get to be as jacked as a Slater, then I'm, I'll take Zach Morris. Happy days. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm probably more. I'm probably look more like Screech though. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh God. There ain't there. There was a photo of some very dodgy trousers you showed me with Jason Day. Um, it's it's like, it's like it's like obviously we've gone back to the nineties with like the super baggy golf trousers, which are just. You I'm know. not okay with that. I I mean I liked the um you have you have a couple of pairs of them. Well, they, they're they're tight. The, the Jay Lindenberg ones. The joggers. You've got a few. Like you've got a Puma jogger or something. You got joggers that go in tight. Like I like that sort of thing. But then like like there's also sometimes when we go play golf, I'll send you a text. And I'm like, are we going full masters clothes or are we going whatever? And you be like, no, let's let's go full masters. And then it's like gray trousers. Like we go you go full trousers and this nice polo and stuff. So I think that there's definitely sometimes in golf when you have to you have to dress up and at least pretend you're playing the masters when we're. Yeah knocking a ball around pitching out of water and making bogeys you got at least sometimes so like, I, 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 I like what jason tate's been going out in. like i think it's different i think like it's very similar to what you're saying like it's like when victor holland wears that that jay lindenberg gear and some of his stuff now is horrendous looking but you know some of it's very very nice and i think there's there are some golf clothing companies that could get more involved in the pga tour like g4 do some very cool gear as well as their shoes like the shoes are, are very very slick but you know, we could we could have a bit more fashion in golf. Yeah. But but like uh Sheffield has left Adidas as well. That's a rumor going around. I might have just thrown that out with no history, but I did this he was in a photo with a fan and it was circled on on X or I'm gonna it's Twitter. It's circled on Twitter and he was wearing no Adidas, it was other stuff. So they they could and but like could you tell me what Rory wore the like in the last three years? Name one outfit you liked that Rory wore in the last three years. You haven't, because it's bland. There's been nothing. My favorite thing that Rory wore is when he won the Open. You remember that grey um, three-quarter zippy had with a bit of pink on it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Nike have done nothing that's that nice since. And Adidas, like I love, I love many ass stuff, I must say, but it's just been, it's just a bit bland. You know? Like, it's not quite safe. Like, yeah, it has gone quite safe. And like, I'm not saying we should be wearing luminous yellow yeah, you know, tops are. I'm not saying go crazy, but just something that's that you look at. Some God, that's really nice. That's you know. So I think I think it's a good thing, and I'm I'm looking forward to the drip watch now coming up now. Um, at the end of the week, I'm gonna definitely I'm gonna have a little deep dive into what the lads are wearing throughout each day, um, and I might pick up a few of my favorite things. Okay, very good. This is this is the fashion fashionable guy over here. This is Zach Morris of of the golf world. You've been picking up bits and bobs from from Jason Day and from maybe from Victor Holland. Depends upon what what, what exactly he gets. But yeah. this will be interesting. I know you like the Lindbergh comments of it. I don't know. It'll have to win me over. Um... Do you know who's got? I got some good gear. Grayson Clothers. So they they now sponsor like JT and um and a couple of the guys on tour. There's some very nice stuff. JT's gear is nice. I like J. I like JT gear. Because uh, obviously, since he left um, Ralph Lauren, Ralph Lauren, yeah. after making that uh, homophobic slur about the golf ball, which is just 
so stupid. Oh. Uh, got dropped by Ralph, <laughs> Lauren, by Ralph yeah. Lauren and now he's a Grayson. Grayson's stuff's good. Yeah, he is good. So that's Sentry. That's the tournament of or tournament of champions plus the rest. Uh, first signature event of the year. It doesn't really feel like a signature event, to be honest with you. It still felt, it feels a little bit early in the season to be having a signature event. But congrats to Chris Kirk. Made $3.6 million for his sixth win of the year. His story, to be fair, about, um, I don't know if you know it at all. It's his sixth PGA Tour win, but he went through like crippling, crippling anxiety to the point where if he made a cut, he would go back to his hotel room and just be like, Deacon would take over. He would have massive worries to the point where his brain would just run away on him. And he'd be like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my mortgage this month. I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills, utilities, all that stuff, which is all just, you know, pure anxiety rather than than logical thought. But then what yeah. that led to was um, an alcohol addiction. And so for a good few years, he was he was um, an alcoholic uh, lost his PGA Tour card, went back, played the Corn Ferry Tour. So when he won uh, last year on the PGA Tour, it was his mm. first win in eight years. And he like obviously left left the PGA Tour, played in Corn Ferry Tour, dealt with the whole alcoholism and, and anxiety side of things. And then come back and he's like 36, 37. Um, but he's just, that's, he's a cool, cool winner. Very good winner, I thought. Yeah, I guess a great, great story. Like, and it, you know, it's not everything is just black and white and why someone gets to a place where they are. So I think that's, it's a really good story. It's great to see him come out the other side of it. Um, it kind of um, ties into what we were saying about players being very vanilla. Obviously, you never wish for someone to have to have a story like that. But when someone like Chris Kirk wins, you go, there's a really cool story behind him as well. Not just the golf, which I always like. And I, I think the more we know of people, like the more you know what a mean, win means to them. So if you don't know, like that's why we love the majors because everyone knows a major win is massive in someone's life and their career, yeah. or whatever we know is important. So the more we know about PGA Tour events, DP World Tour events, you know, and that's like you know that's why when Tom McKibben won, we were we knew his story. He wasn't a random person that someone you know for whoever was watching might know. We knew exactly along the line where he was going. So it was so big for us when he won, and that's what we want because then you're more invested then. Yeah. For sure. Even like when our other friend of the pod, Eric Van Royen, when he won there over the season just a few months ago, uh, and he was talking about how just the golf didn't matter because his friend was dying. His friend has obviously subsequently died. But like those personal stories of that personal side to players, um, that's the stuff that we get gets us going a lot more so. Um so yeah, well done, Chris Kirk. Good win. Great great to see him back at this level. Um, I think it'll probably be like top, I think he's like top thirty now in the world or so after this win which is a that's pretty sick good good for him moving away from the, from professional golf then briefly this is a time of year now where like if you follow us on instagram or follow us on twitter you would have seen we we put this question out there just to get your guys feedback and thoughts on this it's membership renewal time of the year or at least it is for for me and for my club personally and for the second year in a row now membership has been increased membership is now just over or around about 1900 quid for my club in dublin um and so i put a question out there on, on social media have your clubs increased their renewal fees again if so by how much and then alongside that how much is too much for your in your opinions for golf club membership uh and then how do you kind of gauge a value on on the price that membership has been put into and we got a lot of responses um the overwhelming response is yes it, Golf clubs have been increased. It's been increased for second year, third year in a row, kind of about five to eight percent is kind of the average. So people have been saying to me, which is um that's significant enough. Now my 
membership increased by a good bit more than five to eight percent, which is which is like I said, kind of kind of tough to take. But people came back saying that like fifteen hundred quid or so for for membership is the sweet spot for what they want to play pay for an eighteen hole golf club. Anything above that is kind of too much. People down the west of Ireland were saying that anything over a thousand euro is too much for them. But then I guess you guys gotta got take into account like Dublin prices. Um, Dublin prices for everything is just more expensive. That's no different when it comes to golf club. Yeah, but um, even, even Wicklow, Wicklow golf. Like I was looking at mem- like a super challenge about Wicklow. The membership for uh for membership in Wicklow golf clubs just outside the kind of pale ish area are still really high. Yeah, uh, which you know I think they always kind of tried to undercut the the price and bring it like that. But even even still now, Wicklow can be very very expensive. Yeah, because I think like, the options of golf courses you have kind of in, in the Wicklow area, because we obviously live on the Wicklow border, so that's what would be closest to us. And I'm sure if we looked at like Port Marnock links, even up toward like Nace, Balbrig in that area, I'm sure there are very good deals to be found. But I guess just from our perspective and from where we are, like the next, go- like there are a lot of golf clubs in our area. There's like O'Connor, Bray, Greystones, Dunleary, Paris Court, um, like wooden is it wooden yeah wooden bridge arklow and then like woodbrook again kind of in around the bray area uh and yet yeah, those those golf clubs are not are not cheap either to join but then again you look at like places like paris Court, dunnery they have like 27 to 36 holes and then also a lot of like, a lot of our friends are members there as well so you're like all right cool i'm i'm willing to pay a little bit more for places like that where there's more amenities like i know dunnery's got a gym in it as well and in my club I would be happy paying, you know, that nineteen hundred quid for a membership if there was more than just the golf club to it. Like if my mates were there, if, my, if there was a good kind of community of of guys that we grew up with and knew. But then also if there was like a gym attached to it and stuff like that. So you go to the golf club for more than just your your nine or eighteen holes of golf. Yeah, like it, it all depends on what you like. If it depends how much time you can play golf as well. Like. I think people who might go out once a week and they go with the same four ball and the lads go for a pint in the club afterwards and you know they whenever they play 40 times a year and they're going like geez if it's going up to that much is it really worth it especially with the cost of everything else going up would i be better just doing a weekly game and we all just you know pay a green fee somewhere or whatever um so like or like especially as you said Dublin and down the country there's difference because if you're living really down the country somewhere there might be only one golf club available to you that's in a 25 minute drive you know anywhere yeah. else could longer and it's different so I, I and especially now with with different I know there is different types of memberships um there's five days seven day or whatever but I think it depends I think the community thing is big for people especially as they start if they're if they're near retiring age or they're giving up playing football or Gaelic or you know hockey whatever if they're giving that up then they want to move into something else um, I know there's a good few lads for like I would know through school and stuff they'd be older than me they've all given up sport now and they're all playing in Dunleary and they, they have a great time like they're loving it but again that's a big chunk of their wages is going in there like Dunleary is expensive and there's still a waiting list to get in there yeah um, I said an absolutely stunning place um, and that's great but you know if you're if you're married or you've got kids it's a it's a it's a big decision to make if you're going to pay that much money um, out of the kind of the budget of it yeah i think it's a, it's an interesting conversation it kind of comes up every year um it's it's a fair it's a fair chunk of money like it's it's a lot of money to be asking people to pay for 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 just golf like i said i think if there's more attached to it like if 
obviously yeah if your friends are, are in a club that makes a big difference but if the club offered more than just the 18 holes of golf like if there was a gym attached that like i'm going to the gym two or three times a week at the moment you'd get so much more out of your facilities of the golf club if they offered more yeah like i mean also like at what point are you paying where something goes wrong where you're not happy with the greens or like at what point does that start to annoy you like if if you're paying if you if like if you're paying an entrance fee in and then you're paying to to something grand a year and then you get there and the greens aren't great well okay or you know they've whatever at what point does it be could just start to really bother you or does it start to where you know if you're if you're in a golf club and you're you know you're paying a reasonable amount you're probably happy to volunteer with something or go onto a committee or you know get involved in, in play for the club and that's sort of like there's loads of different things but i think it, it, it comes down to at what point one way is enough is it, is it too much for you and the last thing we want is to drive anyone out of golf or yeah. drive and, and i don't really care what age you know the, every time we've gone out and played so many different we are tea times it's the buzz in the bar afterwards it's chatting to the lads that have been there the whole time that that's you know that's what you want you don't want to go into a place where there's no atmosphere yeah and, and you're playing and it's just dead like and because as I said to you, every time we go and we see a golf club, I want to go into the bar, I want to look around the changing rooms, I want to buy, I want to buy something pro shop, I want to get involved. And if money keep going up, you can end up killing that. Yeah, big time. Like um, we we were talking about this. I'm also very lucky that I'm a member in in Mount Juliet as well, which that golf club membership is actually cheaper than the the double membership that I I was quoted for this year. And so we were talking about when. Yes. Which it's just crazy when Mount Juliet is one of the top courses in the country. I know it's hard to say, but that's the thing in Dublin. But like when you're thinking about it, like Mount Juliet is it's box office and it's cheaper yeah. than and it's yeah, I think the, I think there's two there are two kind of differences with that. The membership of Mount Juliet's an under thirty five membership rather than a full membership. So I just don't I don't have like voting rights or stuff like that. But I don't care. You know, if you if you're offered the same, you want to vote on the the color of the chairs in the dining room, or let me give a shout. <laughs> Just let me play my golf with my friends and hang out in you know a fun clubhouse. That's all I want. Whereas the membership in in the Dublin Golf Club is full membership, so I guess technically I could vote if I wanted to, but sure, I just don't care. Mm. Um, so I would rather, and we were talking about this. Is it a better use of like that nineteen hundred quid or two grand? We'll say to just play and use that as like your budget for golf for the year and as a green as like green fees. And so you just spend what like 50, 75, whatever it is on a green fee rather than having somewhere to play because what's 50 into, into two grand, what 40 rounds of golf a year. Yeah. Like I think, I, I, I think when, when you're looking at that, definitely it's played, there's, there's pros and cons of both. So you get to play a different courses, you get to see it out, but it also depends. Like I, I, I know that for you, I think, there's a big part of you would love to play for your golf club and be on a be play some of the team golf like we've spoken about it before and how cool it would be to be on a team with three other lads playing and that's that's definitely something but then that you, you don't do that unless there's a community vibe because you don't really care about what we're playing for if you don't know the lads or you don't know that there's a vibe you don't know that the bar and shield will be amazing for the lads to win and you know the the old lads in the bar would love to go for a point with the lads if they do that like that's why it means something. Otherwise, who cares? So they, they, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of little things that all filter into it. Yeah. So I'm kind of currently going through that dilemma, uh, whether I'm looking at whether I will renew my membership in Dublin or not, or whether to use that kind of budget for playing golf in around the Dublin area. Um, 
I think as a property of sand, we're both probably going to be homeless when it comes to Dublin golf clubs, which is an interesting place to start 2024. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm like, I'm a member in, uh, in Blessington Lakes on a, on a distance membership. Um, so I don't, I'm, I haven't had a home golf club since Charles land closed down. I was in Charles land. Um, so yeah, I don't think it doesn't seem like we'll have a place to, 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 to call home. But again, that could be a good thing. Who knows? Yeah. Could be, could be. Speaking of good things, um, you watched Rory McIlroy on the overlap. Like uh, probably a crossover of my favorite things, golf and football. Uh I I, I did so anyone who hasn't seen it, the Gary Neville's stick to football kind of podcast slash video slash TV slow slash whatever. Uh between Gary Neville, Roy Keane, Jamie Carragher, Ian Wright had Rory on and like just obviously he told loads of loads of he's told very funny stories about being as a kid following football being a Man United fan and trying to meet Roy Keane or whatever like that's that was pretty cool and this that was a great story I love that and I, like, thought, I thought that was so good and like he and I kind of but I loved this he didn't hold any punches like it was they didn't pretend that Roy didn't sign it he just had a go at him and I thought that was it was like it was like it was, it was really to me that was not, like a real, not today kid not today. Yeah, but I think it's a real Irish thing. Is like I have a story about you, and I'm going to hammer you, but I'm going to wait until I'm a crowd of people. It's like if you if if you did something funny in the golf course, I wouldn't slag you until we was a crowd. Where I'd be like, yeah, no, got to tell you what Johnny did on the sixth. <laughs> oh, no, thought I was going to get away with it. Where you know, it's, but I think what I think Rory, like I would be a very big, I would give Rory a hard time. I think I think I give him a hard time for not. You do, yeah, you do, yeah. I, I think I'm very harsh on him. I think I I was I I, I put him in the category of a tiger, and I kind of de- I kind of demand he wins. Which when you think when I th- I'm trying to think about it, it's really harsh, you know, because I don't think I'll be I'd be happy until he wins a grand slam and throws another four or five majors on top of that. I don't think I I don't think I give him the credit, which I think is is harsh. But it's, it's I've always kind of been harsh on him. But I think he can't. Well, in your in your world, Roy needs to win what nine majors. He needs to win the Masters. If he doesn't win the Masters. Like I'm, I'm, I think he's just not a great. End of story. Fair enough. Wins a grand slam, um, and I think he could do with maybe chucking three more majors on top of that. The U.S. Open and Open, maybe whatever. In in my opinion, uh, that's kind of where it goes. I think he's got the talent to do it, and and I think it's all relative. I think Harrington is a legend, and Harrington is a great. But I think Rory is more talented than than than, than Harrington. And oh I, yeah, and and so I think. Harrington maxed out on his ability. Still think he could still keep doing it. We've had the discussion before, but with Rory, I think he's not even scraped anything off his ability. Um, and that's just really frustrating. Um, but Rory, I think Rory comes across really well on the whole show. He talks about Liv. He talks about his early feelings. He talks about his feelings now. He talks about his regrets about what his feelings were at the very start. And he, he kind of feels bad for how being how harsh he was on the lads that first went to live. Okay. And I think I think it just shows if you can acknowledge something that you did wrong or you accept that, listen, I had this opinion and my opinion's now changed. I think that shows a lot of maturity and I have a lot more, a lot of respect for him. After the show, I have a lot more respect for Rory. And then I started reflecting on me hammering him all the time because she's maybe I'm being a little harsh on him and probably <laughs> am. But I, I was really kind of taken aback by how well he spoke. He got his feelings across. Um, and I think anyone who's all kind of not mixed up with this live thing, but with the John Ram and now going and what does it mean and what, where should I look at? Should I like it? Should I not like it? Should I watch it? I think Rory's interview with, with the lads 
is really telling on kind of where we are in a situation. Um, and I respect his moral compass and his opinion and, and how steadfast he was. But I also think he understands the reality of it, obviously better than any of us. And I think he knows, I think it was Adam where he was saying that like he gave a lot of time to protecting the PGA and he doesn't fully go back. Like he's still, he's still angry at a few of them for attacking the PGA, which I respected. Yeah, I can understand that. Like you have to go at like like a tour that that made a lot of people very very rich. Yeah, and, and and it's not perfect, but no no league is like you know. So I think he's he didn't just go. Oh, I feel really different now and change massively in the stance. But he, he did he did bend the knee a little bit in so far as he tried to understand the other side. Um, and I think he had a little bit more empathy for the lads, um, that went. Uh, so it was really I found it really interesting and it was I think it was kind of nice that he was interviewed by lads that didn't know a huge amount about golf I think yeah. if I think if, if Sky Sports Golf if one of the big lads interviewed him you know I, I because Jamie Carr and Gernabal were just asking him straight questions and Carr said at one stage like you don't have to answer this this is probably a hard question but like how much money are we talk like what is the reality and it was like just really straight questions that didn't have to be buried under golf jargon about let's see you know it was just really straightforward oh so they left because they got loads of money and, and yeah and they don't get relegated like it was really simple and straightforward so anyone who hasn't watched it um it's definitely worth it whether you like football even if you don't like football you're a golf fan like and they do the whole chipping into the washing machine again and it was like the lads like why are one of them was like why the hell are we chipping it into a washing machine this is ridiculous he was like well like when i was younger i was brought on a show in northern ireland and they did it then and tiger did it, it was all this sort of kind of stuff so uh it's it's definitely worth a watch uh for anyone and i think it's uh i think it gives it gives, shows rory in a different light shows him that he's actually a bit of crack as well i think a lot of people can think that he's very right yeah very dry and he, he comes across i think he comes across quite well and not as not as dry um, that was like a pure master class by rory's camp they're like let's get him on the stick to football thing sky sports because obviously sky sports sky sports are very anti anti-live anyway but it's kind of not sky sports at the same time it was very well done it, it was like it was with it and, but like i also kind of look at it there was he probably wasn't happy with how people were viewing him or he wanted to explain himself without holding a press conference and it being too serious. And I think, I think when, he, when we said when he left the board, it was a really good thing that you both and I said he, he left that that was good. He he doesn't need to be honest. It was and like he was honest. He said it was taken focus away from his golf. Like and he said I played well, did this, but he says it definitely did. Um. So I think that little thing was good because I'll. I'm rooting for him more now than I was before the, the that episode, and it's on YouTube. I think that's that's a big thing. Um, and as we keep saying, the more you know with these golfers, yeah. More, like every time we have a friend on the pod, we talk to them. Like I'm, I'm still searching for them. Whether it be yeah. you know Bob McIntyre, whether it be Dale Fratelli, I'm constantly going. Oh, what's the story? What's the story? Are they in the field today? Is Foxy playing? You know what's the story? Like, how, what's going on? And I. I and that's obviously we were very lucky we had to chat to them but we know more about them so we were more invested interest yeah we uh, care more yeah and that's why we were all nearly in tears when shane won the open because we, we we all knew shane's from the minute he won that irish open it was in right in front of our face everything he was doing and the highs and the lows and so i think i think uh more 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 golf interviews i think is what's needed yeah, yeah. <laughs> so any golfers want to come on Okay, we can be that platform for you to get your story out there. 
Yeah, happily, <laughs> happily as well. Yeah. Shameless yeah. plug for anyone who wants <laughs> any pro who wants to come on and slag me and Johnny. More than welcome. <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, I guess with that then, so with with that platform that you're talking about, um, this is gonna be a good year with a lot of announcements, partnerships, and kind of big advancements from the bogeyman side. The first of which is going to be the launch of the bogeyman.ie, our website for everything bogeyman golf podcast. This is our home for long form written content, video content, podcasts will live there as well. Essentially, this will be, be like our hub for, for everything and everything that we want to do. Um, our clubhouse. Our, this is our clubhouse. Yeah, exactly. our clubhouse. Yeah. Membership is uh, free. <laughs> so there's, yeah. a, there's a lovely white fence around the pudding green just off to the side of the bar. <laughs> um and i guess yeah. like, a couple of things on what, what this is and what this isn't what what this website is not is a news site like there are so many people that do news so well even from the irish side like irish golfer do do news better than we could ever even hope to do it but then in, in this global world we live in like we're not ever going to be competing with like golf digest or any of those guys so we're not even going to try this is or, going to be a website for yeah, Sky Sports Golf or Flash Score, the, you know, or the, the trackers. We're not those player trackers. That's not so, us. That's not us. No, we'll leave that to we'll oh, leave yeah. that to those guys. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't keep up with them. No. So what this what this will be is a basically like we were saying before, a hub for long form written pieces, articles that'll accompany videos. So obviously I played Strand Hill. Um there recently enough there'll be an article to accompany that played Port Marnock, uh, Jameson Golf Links. There's an article that'll accompany that as well, just to give you a bit more detail on the course. And just, it's like things that won't, didn't make the final cut of videos or just even more thought out opinions will be living on this website. So like opinion pieces, deep dives in golf courses and, and lots of other stuff. Like I said, won't be a new site, but that's kind of the first of a few big announcements coming, coming your way this year. Um, new partnerships and stuff like that as well coming as well. So it's, 2024 is going to be a very, very good year. Um, I think that probably leads into the next other announcement, which is a new segment on this podcast, which is going to be a preview of the to- of a tournament coming up on the DP World Tour each week. And we're going to be having what we're going to call the our bet of the week. So this is something that we've been developing for a long time. Um, and then obviously we just didn't want to do it over the quieter period over Christmas. So we had waited to launch it in January for this Dubai swing that I really, really enjoy. So better the week, right? Michael, this week is the first ever Dubai Invitational. Uh, it tees off in Dubai Creek Resort. It's a four-day event, but linked in with that is also a three-day pro-am. So 60 professional offers, 60 amateurs run from January 11th to 14th. It's a new, brand new event, brand new pro-am, pro-am format, similar to like the uh, Aramco series on the latest European tour, but this is a one-off event. Tournament was the 72 hole stroke play competition and a three-day pro-am with the Sunday featuring just the pros. So the pro-am day runs from Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The individual regular DP World Tour event runs from Thursday to the Sunday. Who's your bet of the week? Uh, I, I had a feeling, I was kind of looking through and like, obviously we don't really know who's on form or whatever, but I, I don't know why he jumped out at me. Uh, Rasmus Hoygaard jumped out at me and like, he's not, he's 18 to one. So I think as we said, we'll, we'll put a fiver on this each and we'll keep a track on who's up and who's down. And Yeah, we'll be putting uh, our own money into this as well. So it's yeah. not like we're just putting bets 
down or putting the odds down like we we have we're only putting our money where our mouth is here with these and we'll be running it throughout the entire season so if you if you back us one week or other you'll see exactly how we're doing throughout the year yeah but yeah but let's yeah maybe not take our advice and don't bet the house on anything we've said here now because we're both aegis but uh, yeah I'm, so rather <laughs> reason being i just think he's gonna have this bug after being at the Ryder cup seeing his brother playing i just feel he's really gonna want it really want to get on that team and i think he knows like if he, if you do rebound the deeper world tour it's an easier way to get in Right, get those points up. You know, rack up those as much as possible. And I reckon you could see. I think he, if I was him, I'd be playing DP Water all the time, all the time, all the time, racking up for the year to get that Ryder Cup team, and then maybe go America the following year. So I just think he, after being there, after soaking it in, obviously he went on the on the booze of the lads, and he was there, but not part of the team. I'm gonna think he really wants it. So I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna. I went for each way, kind of top six on. So eighteen to one. So returns of, of uh, just under sixty euro. I just, I feel he's going to be, I think, I feel he's just going to want it like uh, on a big time. I think he's going to start start this week. That's a good bet. And seriously, actually really good odds as well. 18-1 each way. So that's top six places is what is what each way is giving you. So yeah. a total of a fiver that you're putting on that for 59 quid back. That's that's not bad. Yeah. And listen, I'm just, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be really looking forward. I'm obviously really looking forward to the weekend because I actually haven't watched golf in a while and I actually kind of, I kind of miss the competitive, competitiveness of competitive golf. And I think there's a pretty good lineup. I'm really, I was obviously we flicked through the leaderboard and we were just, you know, there's loads of lads there that we know are going to be there. And there's obviously, obviously some big stars as well. Yeah, because so. like there's going to be well, like Tom Kevin's going to be in the field, uh, friend of the pod, pod, Ryan Fox is in the field. Um, yeah, Ryan Fox is a good bet. He's, yeah. he's, he's 18 to 1 as well. I was very tempted as well. But uh, I'm going to go hold up with Foxy. Foxy's a good bet. See, I know Foxy's been t- been enjoying his downtime back home in New Zealand. So I, I he could have just fresh. completely chilled. Yeah, fresh. That's what you want. You want him, you want a Foxy just to stroll in there and not a care in the world. That's when he plays his best. Yeah. And <laughs> then um, Sean, Sean Crocker, who we spent a good bit of time with during the, the Women's Irish Open. So he was actually down there as he's recovering from, from injury. He has just come back from injury. He played his very first event of the year at the ISPS Handel Australian Open, finished high for 60th. I think he'd be a good, good, good bet as well uh, for someone to do like a, like a top 20 player or something like that. He's a cool guy. And I'm going to say, we sure. with, you said, like, he's like a, American kind of surfery kind of dudes like you can see him on a skateboard and he's, he's pretty good like we're saying golf isn't cool he was on the driving range and we were just kind of we were chatting different people and I started watching like he was making golf cool he had like he grabbed a wedge and he was messing with the ball and he was like balancing at a different speed and he's like his fashion sense was cool that neither of us could pull off because we're not cool but like he was just a, <laughs> he was like a cool kind of surf guy and I was actually saying he actually makes golf cool you show a kid looked at him and he went no no okay golf is cool um, yeah. But then they look at us and they think golf is not good because. <laughs> yeah. So my pick then for the for the Dubai Invitational is Pablo Larathabel to finish tie for twentieth uh, at thirteen to ten. So potential returns there for me of eleven fifty. Not quite as big a play as you for a winner each way pick, but this is a man. So Pablo, he's been very very vocal on Twitter about how he's been doing winter work. He's been posting a lot of updates. He lost about like three or four kg, lost a good bit of weight, got a lot stronger, did a lot of work in the gym, and he said he's hitting the golf ball a lot further now. So he went the second he went on to like winter tra- winter 
off season, he was very much like, I want to hit the golf ball further. I need to be hitting it further. And by all accounts from his Twitter, he has achieved that. He's also a Callaway player, as is Rasmus, to be fair. Uh, so there's a little bit of a backing on him on that side. So yeah, Pablo Larrazal was finished high for 20th, five euro at 13 to 10, potential returns 11.50. I'm playing for like the smaller bets. I'm not going for Hail Marys, where it seems like you're going for a few more Hail Marys this season. The problem is at the moment, I'm like, oh yeah, 15 euro, that's brilliant. I'll put myself right ahead of you and I'll be winning. And then if I don't win and your bet slides in and you do that a couple of times, I'm in trouble. But listen, I know, oh, I'm going to go Rasmus. I like, I'm back on my boy. Okay, I think I, I'm trying to get inside his own head, trying to get in his head, and I think I think I think it'll be good. I think like the way that we about bet really kind of reflects our personalities as well, and also probably our our golf games. I'm very much a steady, steady. Let's go. Don't don't let's not go too far out of our, our skis here. We'll take it kind of slow. Play play it relatively safe. And you're like, I can take that corner. I can carry that. I know I can. Johnny, my slice can make that <laughs> as I hit it dead straight into nothing. Oh happened? no, the straight ball. No. What happened to my slice? Johnny, my slice will do. Yeah. Okay, if I just flop this over the water in the bunker, I could get <laughs> like just go left onto the side of that. No, no, I'll just go over there. All right, so that is week one of our bet of the week, Dubai Invitational. I've picked Pablo Larathabal to finish top tw- top 20. You have gone each way for on Rasmus Hogard to win. Um, let's see how we get on there for the rest of the season. That'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, interesting to see, like especially over the course of the season, how bad I am at picking winners, <laughs> and then how sure I am the next week I have the winner. You know, just blind confidence every week. And I want if I pick Tommy Fleetwood at any stage, okay, please ask me to reconsider. Okay, oh God, I'll fall into the Fleetwood trap again, and he's gonna just disappoint me. I'll be ready to be hurt again. I've been a Man United fan. I'm just ready to be hurt all the time. That's it. We'll get ready to no, we'll do we're back this time. Then we lose again. Like we're lose to Wigan tomorrow. And like I'm beforehand, I'm gonna get all excited to watch United and then we'll be a mess again. Are United in the FA Cup? Yeah, they're playing Wigan and they're probably gonna lose and they'll be out of the It's a shambles. Shocking. Right, so then to finish off this week's podcast and the first podcast of the season, we do have a bunch of interviews lined up for early this year with tour players, with a few other interesting people within the golf world. But goals for us for 2024. Um, I think this is a new one that we're looking at, at doing. What we want to achieve within golf, um, not necessarily within the podcast or anything like that, but just from a golf perspective from our side. So for me, everyone knows that my chip-in has been just fairly horrendous. I think if you watch the next three videos that are going to come out on the YouTube channel, you're going to see more of that. You're going to see more bad chipping. Uh, so my goal overall is to improve my short game and actually become a good chipper around the golf club, around the green. That's where I've got really got to improve. Next goal for me. Sorry? You do kind of tell yourself you're a bad chipper, which is going to be... That's because I'm terrible, man. But like every time we play in and you're kind of helping me out, you like you tell me something about chipping our landing zone and like we like a put like and it's much better. So I think you're better than you're in your own head with it now. Oh so yeah, that would be rule number one is get the fact. But like even if you lie to yourself, no, I'm a good chipper. Right? I'm good at the game. Okay, I can do this. So mentally, you have to change that. Okay, all right. So that's all part of the improving my short game. I I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure we with Zen chipping, we'll find a book of <laughs> chipping. Like, Fair enough. Uh, second goal of the year then is to shoot even par better. I've never shot even par, never broken par. I've been close 
a number of times. Um, now, people might say I'm very, very far off shooting even par when if you followed us on Instagram, I played Abu Dhabi Golf Club and I shot 81. Um, that was that was tough. A lot of people did not think I would break 80 and I know exactly who all of you are. So when I do break 80 the next time, which will be soon, I broke 80 the next day, just as a heads up. Next time I do it, I will count all of the receipts and name all <laughs> of you. I'll call all of you out by name, full, full on like traveler boxing style of trying to fight you. <laughs> so yeah break even par uh or shoot even par it will would be would be great for me the biggest one and honestly this is the only thing i want to achieve if i don't achieve anything else <laughs> apart from this this is the one thing i know i have to do this year um and that's beat you in a match we've played twice and i've lost twice uh, and that is unacceptable but i have ashamed myself for my family and my good name by, by losing to you twice <laughs> <laughs> And the second time we, I even took less shots off you. So you know, it's, it's definitely something you got to work on. It's not. It's not good. It's, it's, it's tough. <laughs> it's a tough scene. So as as part of all that, then as well, just generally hit the golf ball ten yards further. We spoke about this before when I played with those those PGA pros. I was just the runt of the litter. Um, we're working with Moss Landman. We're going to be doing a lot of winter work th- over the next six to ten weeks with him to get fitter, get stronger. So hit the golf ball 10 year, ten yards farther that's that's my final goal for the year and win a club comp but yeah yeah but you'll have to but you'll be harder now because you're probably only got Kilkenny um, <laughs> yeah, yeah it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll be a drive uh, there's uh, yeah so like not much again like I don't I, I don't have the time though just to, to look at what parts of my game I think everything needs to improve but definitely my putting I think we spoke about that before my putting is definitely and that's something I can do at home like that's that's realistically it's just a bit of time but i would i'd love to get out of the teens of my handicap so i'm 17 at the moment i'd love to get to 12 that's good i think totally totally achievable i think but i like i think if you i think if you can get out of the teens you're a capable golfer do you know what I mean? Like you're like you're, I'm not saying that would be brilliant, but you're like if you say to someone, oh, "I'm 12," they're like, "Okay, so yeah, you can you can pretty knock you can knock the ball range are quite decent." Like you can, so but I think that would, I think to get out from, out from the teens would be good, and uh, not to lose to you once. Yeah, before you get onto that, also okay. that's never gonna happen. <laughs> you're absolutely a 12 handicap golfer, and like I think if people watch their old Connor videos, you shot 13 over that day with some horrendous holes like some triple bogey like double bogeys and triple bogeys um you're absolutely a 12 handicap golfer and i i i, I fully endorse that if we have to get to a point where it comes down to one round of the year and i and i'm caddying for you we get the full bib and everything and we give it like the 100 percent just to get the <laughs> handicap down to 12 yeah. we're so, absolutely like, doing that like it's funny because every time every now and then like we play around if i play well you're always like send me a screenshot of your homepage on your app i want to have a look at it and they're like i'm sure i have my phone after i'm like give me your i want to go through your stuff i'm like we could do better than this remember so imagine i get to like 12.4 or something and you work out the whatever the permutations are covers if you do one of shooting this we'll get it i was like okay yeah. let's go let's do it <laughs> So yeah, I'll be I'll be fully fully on you for that. I'll be I'll be caddying for for that round. You're absolutely a twelve handicap. We'll get you there. Um, I'm like I'll, like just just remember playing Gal Gorm and and the lads up in Gal Gorm being like this lad's a cowboy playing off of eighteen. I think he shot like ten over that day. Yeah, and it was like so that's the thing. So the other one is like I and this I I remember this because we were driving somewhere and you're like man like I haven't won like a comp I've never won you're like I've never won a competition I was like man like don't worry you will like you're such a good offer you'll do it you're yeah you know, and now having said that you don't enter hundreds of competitions it's not like you're playing no. week 
comps all the time. But like, I know there's one of yours is to win a comp, whatever, whatever it is. And you, even if you win a sleeve of, you know, triple check, Callaway ball, it doesn't matter. It's just to say you won. And we were driving up to Galgo and I was like, listen, don't worry. Like you're definitely going, definitely going to win. Like you win one of them is grand. And then I didn't realize we were even playing a comp that day. And then after it, you were like, I think you might have won. I was like, nah, there's no way. It wasn't that great. Like to be, you lads were bombing around. I didn't even really look. You were taking the scorecard of me. You know? And then I won. I've never seen a look on your face that is like more, <laughs> you were so happy I'd won and pure hatred that I'd won at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I could see them like fighting in you. Be like, I'm so great. I'm sorry for my mate. He's just won. This is brilliant. And this is, is gas. And I'm so, I can't believe he won. <laughs> <laughs> If, if, if I could win one comp, even if it's you know we get in, we're so lucky we get invited to, um, kind of open days or like media days and stuff. I think if I could win one of them, like I won a really cool painting that time, and and like uh, I but then obviously winning then in the Irish Legends tour as well, which was I, think, completely I can't be, I completely forgot you won that. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Completely uh, yeah. forgot that you won that. You and Teddy sharing them. Yeah. Oh and my Peter, god. Peter Baker and Oh uh, my god, I forgot you won that. And, <laughs> and we pipped James Nesbitt and Jason Mackin. Like you couldn't write that. That was that was the biggest fluke. And like I was telling that story to my uncle like a little while ago, and he was so jazzed. But anyway, yeah, I think if I could win, even if you know, we, we get we get invited to these kind of um media days and Sometimes there's not a lot of people at them. There's only about 10, 12, 15 people playing. If I could win one of them, I would be delighted. So I get my handicap down to 12, not lose to you while I have a high handicap. I think there's no way I could beat you if I was off 12. I like I just don't think that's gonna happen. But if, while I'm off 17, 16, 15, I definitely think I have a really good chance uh, of keeping you at bay. And then if I could win a comp, that would that would be that'd be unbelievable. So, yeah, they're there's some good good goals for the year. I like that. I like those. Um, all right, guys, get in touch with us. Let us know what your golf goals are for, for the year ahead. We'll read them out in the podcast next week. Um, get involved on the bet of the week if you want to or not. If you even just want to track how well or poorly we do throughout the year, it's a thing that we're going to be doing every week of the, of the DP World Tour season. We're going to stick to the DP World Tour. We're not going to go near PGA Tour. We'll stick to European golf. Um, so, yeah. Just with that, we might stick it up on Instagram and Twitter. If you have looked at the lead one, you have a bet, just let us know, throw it in. And then if you end up being a winner, we'll definitely, we'll definitely call you out, send you a Chrome, Callaway Chrome golf ball or something. <laughs> but if you just send us in there. We'll send you one golf ball. One ball, <laughs> one ball you put on your mantelpiece. And it could be your club comp win or your golf win for the year. But yeah, do send us in who you're backing and stuff. Because we'll definitely, if anyone's right, we'll, we'll, we'll read you out. And like I said, guys, we have a couple of more announcements, partnerships that we're going to be announcing over the next few weeks. 2024 is going to be a big year for us. We've got a lot going on. Uh, I'm going to be going to a good few DP World Tour events uh, in May. So I'm going to be on the road with the tour for a couple of weeks. Uh, it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a big year for us. Um, we're happy to have you guys with us. And yeah, enjoy it. Thank you very much. Enjoy the golf this week, and we'll see you in the next one. On the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute. The millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory.